Welcome to the What's Your Story podcast. Hi, I'm Ron Cogman from Brandon, and I welcome you to join us each week to explore stories in this real changing digital world. Stories from real business leaders, CEOs, and marketers, bringing to life all the topics to help grow your business and your brand. Join us each week, and I look forward to the story and the discussion. Okay, hello everybody. This is Ron Coughlin once again from your favorite po- your favorite podcast and broadcast on YouTube. What's your story? Now today I'm continuing on this journey of mine that I'm interviewing professional CMOs, directors of marketing, CEOs about this whole their story, how they got here, what they're all about, and then I kind of venture into this whole avenue about the new normal and what's been going on and how it's affected everybody, and it's been crazy out there. So uh, so today I have a guest of a new partner agency that I'm working with, and they're kind of a silent partner called Vendasta. They're a software platform that I'm using to help execute for my clients. And their director of marketing is here today, Ana Tavares. And Ana is a, uh, originally from Brazil, and she came up here about uh, you know six, seven years ago, I think it was, uh, and... Yeah. Uh, Went to the University of Saskatchewan, so a beautiful, uh, beautiful, warm Saskatchewan. And she, um, anyway, she has uh, progressed her career now to, with Vendasta as their director of marketing. So, welcome today, Anna. I'm really glad you could join us. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Ron. And can you, have I missed anything about yourself? Anything you want the audience to know about your brand? Like, how would you define yourself as a, as a young uh, executive moving up in the career? Your director of marketing and Vendasta. What is your brand, uh, uh, Anna? Like, I believe that brands are not just company brands; they're also personal brands. So what yeah, absolutely. Brand, what does your brand mean to? What are you trying to project as a brand in terms of who you are? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, with my current role, um, I'm a director of strategy. So um, I work a lot to help our teams kind of uh, work together and collaborate and work cross-functionally. Um, in large companies, it's really easy to get stuck into your silo and kind of only know about uh, about your what you're executing and what you're responsible for. And at Vendasa, we really thrive to kind of um, support the teams to work together and collaborate in different areas. So um, part of my role as, as working in our strategy is actually also to uh, help you, helping our teams to, to work cross-functionally. So I think, I think part of my brand is kind of goes back to that. Um, I'm a really empathetic person. I really like to understand the different teams, their needs, um, assure that everyone kind of understands the larger goal that we're aiming for. Um, so people feel comfortable uh, bringing their ideas to the table and kind of contributing to, to the company goals. Yeah, very good. Now, if you were to pick out a leader, say it's a real leader or a fictitious leader, what, who would that be and what would their qualities be like to, for you, say your boss or somebody that you would aspire to work for? Yeah, um, maybe I'll pick someone on the, the political realm, um, like Ale- Alessandra Ocasio in the States, Okay. Uh, she's a congresswoman. Yes, absolutely. Very yeah. good. I wonder why that is, you know? <laughs> she, well, she's a very strong leader and someone that I kind of see uh, bridging different worlds, um, kind of bringing the political realm to a more 
accessible platform. She's she's on Twitter, she's on Instagram, kind of like discussing um, so many important things with a younger generation. Um, she's also has a, a, a Latina background, just like me. So yeah, um, kind of shows, yes, yeah, where representation is really important. So yeah, I think if I were to pick a leader to kind of embody and someone that I would would like to work with, it would be her. So you've been working at Vendesta how long now? I've been there for almost three years. Very good. Okay. So um, uh, what I was wondering, so there, life changed quite a bit uh, three months ago, didn't it? It probably changed a lot for you too out in Saskatchewan, even though you guys have less cases than we do here in Ontario. That's true. Um, and you're working from home and you have to communicate differently and and so what are you finding most challenging about all of this, this whole, like, uh, you know, March 15th, bang, we're, we're not allowed to go to the office anymore, right? Bait around there. Right? So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. What, what was the most challenging? I think, well, in terms of um, my setting and my work and my position, I think it's not being able to be at the office and be with my coworkers. And of course, I'm far away from my family and they are in a very uncertain situation as well. I think not being able to have like in-person conversations. Uh, when we talk to other people, there's a lot more than just uh, the verbal communication. Of course, there's body language. There's, I think we can, we can still get tone through voice video calls, but it, it is somewhat different um when you're talking to someone in person to 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 talking to someone through video i think that would be the the main the main challenge and of course like my all my favorite businesses local businesses um had to be kind of closed during this pandemic so kind of of course not being able to go to my favorite restaurant or to get a haircut for guys probably was uh well worse than for for hair does, but your hair doesn't look too bad i mean mine was pretty yeah, good thank you. <laughs> but yeah like uh, all the challenges that other local businesses um went through as well i wasn't affected by it personally i don't, I don't run a local business but it it, it I, I felt that that way too kind of thinking about those people and thinking about the challenges that they're going through, um, it affected me as well. Yeah, it's uh, very much so. So what has Vendasta done to make you feel comfortable in terms of this whole transition? Have they done anything that really that stood out and made, made you feel? Yeah. Well, in terms of the company, of course, we, we adapted really quickly to go remote, uh, all our employees and kind of to provide everyone a safe space to work and to keep our communications going. And in terms of our clients, uh, we shifted and, and kind of pivoted in a way that uh, we're offering our clients kind of three main things to, to respond to this pandemic. So um, one of them is the ability to work remote. So uh, we're giving uh, the tools within our platform where you can start remote calls with Zoom, with Google Hangouts, um, that actions that in the past might have been just a phone call or someone might just walk to a business to have a certain conversation. We understand that those are not possible anymore. So we created tools um, for our clients that we use ourselves to, um, to enable people to work remote. So that was one thing. The second thing is uh, we created a toolkit and we call it the, the local business online toolkit. And that toolkit is a, a free kind of set of tools that a small business can use to, to 
adapt and to adjust to this new situation. So uh, there's of course uh, an e-commerce um, like website included in this toolkit, um, a reputation management tool, a social marketing tool, kind of a, a bundle of kind of all the things that a business would need to to survive in this new situation. I think and I the last, <laughs> you, you should talk to to Kali. <laughs> What's that called again? It's a call. It's, it's the now. local local business online toolkit. Business. And um, yeah, it is a set of tools that. Um, any anyone that is partnering with with Vendasta can offer to a local business, and it, it's that kind of yeah, exactly how I described it, like a, a bundle of tools that people can use to to get online and, and to survive in this new normal. And the last thing that we did is we created um, a place where our our partners can learn. We understand that people might not be at the at a time that their business is booming as much as it was before. Um, so a lot of people are taking the time to kind of readjust and learn and maybe maybe they wanted to understand about marketing from before and they were laid off from their work and now they have actually time to learn. So we created what we're calling uh, a con our Conquer Local Academy. So the Academy is a place where people can take courses and learn about local marketing and learn about how to uh, be online and about your online presence and all that. So kind of recapping, working remote, uh, local business toolkit, like this toolkit to survive online and a place to learn. Those were the three things that we did as kind of COVID um, hit and as this pandemic started and, and looking back now I feel like we're almost getting to to the other side of it um, I'm really proud of how Vendasta kind of organized itself as in this like way to um, concisely respond with kind of what the market needed at this time well that's pretty good I think those are really great uh, actions that they did right it looks like mm -hmm. they did some thinking and planning and I think that's fabulous and other companies could learn from that I'm sure so I commend you guys on that. Now I'm falling down on my chair here, but um, <laughs> you know I think uh, also during this time uh, we've seen some upheaval in the news, and you can't plan, and you know it's like you, it's, everything's very uncertain. And la two weeks ago something happened in the news that probably hit you pretty pretty hard, and that's the situation with George Floyd. So how did you how did you find out about that, and how did you react to that, and and what have you done since then to really to, to respond to this? Yeah, uh, the, the news hit me uh, pretty hard, even though it's something that we know it's not new, right? Like we've seen not this happen no, in the not, States yeah, yeah. for a while. Um, and I, I can relate to it on a different way as well, because my home country is, has a very similar situation. Uh, Brazil has a very, um, like, persistent racism is very persistent in the country um, uh, just like in the states so um, I've I've taken the time I think as uh, most people that are not black um, are doing lately to just listen and understand and kind of uh, look at myself and kind of see uh, where like kind of my biases are and and where my perspective is um, I've been really um, happy with the response around um, giving the space for black people to to um, express uh, how they've been feeling over the over what's been going on over the past number of years and um, understanding also that this is 
probably not the time for us to speak and more so for that community to to raise their need and raise their voice um so so yeah like it, it's it's it is a hard time to go through but um in some ways i was just having a conversation with my family i'm 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 happy that we are having these conversations because they're they're very much needed so yeah so you know what uh, i know it's a very personal thing for people but uh you feel any racism as a Latino person here in Canada? Um, it it is definitely in some situations. I am I can see that I am treated differently. Um, I I sometimes am asked um, like like right at, right off the bat in the conversation like where are you from and like yeah. kind of like in a way that people notice that I'm not from here. Um, I think like I did, right? <laughs> <laughs> you were interviewing me. That's a little bit different. <laughs> but yeah. Um, in a sense also, um being in the technology area and being a female and also being Latina kinda um counts as well. Like I feel like uh we're we're not just one thing, right? Like our experiences are based not just on on our race, but also on our gender and our and our social economic background. So um, I feel like that being a female in tech also has its challenges. So it's a combination of all. But I think, kind of like I said before, I think we're having the right conversations and we're bringing attention to these things. Yeah. And um, more and more, I see people um, just being aware of it and kind of understanding that they're not going to get it perfect and they're not going to get it right at the first time but actually being empathetic and, and sensitive enough to ask these questions right like how do you feel like have you been treated differently or how like even in terms of pronouns for example kind of going back going to a, a little bit of a different area but like what pronouns do you like to be called or do you like for uh, for me to use so i think the more we have these conversations um the yeah, better but- things will be the pronouns are become uh, interesting to me too because uh, yeah. I I grew up in an age of uh, in, in, in Toronto where I when I went to grade six there was no one of color ethnic diversity no one was Jewish no one was uh, Muslim it was just white Anglo-Saxon Protestant and Catholics yeah <laughs> and I went, next year I went to grade seven and there were a bunch we half of Thornhill had a Jewish community and we met. A bunch of Jewish people we've never met before. Didn't know anything about it. We're clueless, right? We didn't have any yeah. touch. We've never met one. Right? Do you know what I mean? And then I went to high school, and I had maybe one or two black we call black people. Yeah, we called them black. And then I became a track and field athlete. So I was on the national team, and, and I had a lot of friends who were Afro African Canadian or black. And we mm-hmm. called them black right? or Afro Canadian and or Afro American. And the reality is those words change all the time. And this week I interviewed a client of mine that was a client of mine in the past. He's he's a black gentleman. He's the head of marketing for Nando's restaurants across Canada. Mm -hmm. And he's black. And I asked him about all these questions. And I said, Afro-Canadian. He goes, well, it's African-Canadian or African-Canadian. American. Like, I don't know. I I get, I feel like I'm ignorant of this. And the change has been dramatic. you gotta watch what you say, and I'm not. I don't believe myself to be any way uh, somebody who doesn't treat others with the same respect I would expect back to me. Right? So, 
Yeah. Uh, and it's also like all about asking these questions, right? Like wh what is right? What, like what is wrong? Like what terms should I use? And also about not just um, asking the black community uh, these questions, but also um, us as, as like people that are not part of this community, educating ourselves, right? Like um, one thing is to notice that racism exists and it happens in our society. And the other thing is put the, the, the task to educate others in the black community. Uh, that it's really not their task, right? Like there are books written about it and Google is out there and like we can all kind of do this research and, and grow as a community together. So, yeah. Okay. So if you're thinking about this pandemic, you know, and you were, you were going to go to one of your clients and advise them what it is they should do, or you're talking to your leadership team here at Vandasta, and they said, you know, you're, you're our director of strategy. What, what should we do? <laughs> and so what is, what is your thoughts and have they asked you, are you part of that planning and different things that they're going about doing? So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we went through that as a company, Vendasta, right when, when COVID hit and right when the pandemic hit. And I think of course, lots of other businesses uh, went through that process too. And I think there's a framework that was just recently shared by Google and I was reading an article by them. Um, and we didn't really, uh, uh, formally follow this this process and the kind of this framework. But as I'm looking back, I was like, yep, that's exactly what we did. And I thought they put it in a, in a really good way. And the framework was um, respond, rebuild, and recover. So um, the first step, again, was to respond to kind of like, look quickly at like, what is changing right now? And how can I respond today to these challenges? And um, starting with, and I guess like to respond, you have to know your business deeply to kind of look at your metrics, like what are the metrics that are mostly affecting my, that, that, are, that are mostly impacting my business that have changed over this period of time and kind of responding um, quickly to that. And then they go on to rebuild. So um, after you, you respond quickly, um, and understand that impact on your business and developing a strategy and taking action, um, you might start rebuilding your model based on those changes, right? So kind of like making changes that are a bit more long-term uh, based on the, the short-term changes that you made. And then at the end, more we go more into that recover um, curve, kind of where we're getting now, kind of where... Um, we're getting back to normal business, at least here in Saskatchewan, businesses might be kind of going to that recover set. So yeah, so respond, rebuild, recover. I think it's a good way to think about it. That is a great way to think about it. And what phase are you guys in there in Saskatchewan? Phase two? We, we just started phase three. So wow. uh, restaurants are reopening this wow. week. Wow. Yeah, we're, yeah. Just, we're still in phase one. We're about to become phase two. So we're not... Like, yeah, gatherings of 30 people and... Wow, uh, yeah, we got more than five, <laughs> we get arrested, so, you know. <laughs> oh, no. Not the uh, same. Yeah. Hard, you know, it's hard on people. So, has it been hard on you emotionally or from a mental illness perspective? Um, from, the, from the mental side, on myself, not really. I, I am a really introverted person, so um, staying really? at home wasn't too hard for me. Yes. You don't see it that way. You seem expressive. <laughs> uh, so staying at home wasn't too hard for me. Um, of course, that dealing with the uncertainty is also always hard. Um, like 
worrying about family members or if everyone is safe, if everyone will have a job or will be able to keep their job um, is was something that like I went through. Um, but I've, I've been taking the time to exercise more at home and kind of kind of try to rebuild my habits and my routine, kind of see the silver lining of all this. You know, I think people are finding it, uh, it's, it's great. I think companies have given trust to their employees. So they trust them now to That's leave true. the office and just do the work. And they're all afraid, oh, they're going to sit there and go shopping all day, you know, and they can't. They can't leave the house. Or they're going to do the gardening or whatever, or, or whatever, exercise through the middle of the day. But I've talked to some CEOs and they're like, absolutely, they should be able to do that. Why not? And the, one of the things that people are finding is that they, they work all day. They're not even taking breaks because they think they have to be online and have to be chatting and have to be working. And you kind of have to be in the discipline to get up, go for a break, go for a walk, do some exercise, make sure you eat your lunch and drink some water. Yeah. All those things that people aren't, they just get golfed in their work here at, at home. Now, it also gives you back some things that you didn't have, just more time here in Toronto because it takes a while to get to work and the traffic here, yes. the stress of that traffic. Um, and the gas bills are way down, which is awesome. So uh, uh, that's really what's that's really what's been happening here. So, um, so you know, it's a it's a different time. It's a, it's a special. It's a and it, and it really, I think, this is a new. There's going to be a new normal at the end of this. Right? So, what does a new normal mean to you? What's changing so drastically? Yeah. When we end up a year from now, what's going to be so much different than? I think, well, we've seen a shift in routine. I think um, I think we're seeing already a shift in our consumer expectation, um, a shift in like, how your uh, businesses are positioned around the pandemic, and also kind of how uh, how business fulfill or deliver on their on their promise, right? Um, some businesses that fulfilled on their promise on like a, a physical setting might be switching to a more virtual setting. For example, I had a doctor appointment the other day that was over the phone and still my doctor was delivering yes. on her promise, but just in a different way. So um, yeah, I think, I think we're going to see people um, searching for more clear, specific information online. We've seen a lot of, of that as well, especially over at Vendasa, the importance of having um a clear website that shows your information or uh, your information correctly posted on Google. I think those things were all were important before this pandemic, but I think the pandemic accelerated that trend and that um, that trajectory of things being online first or internet internet first um, in in a pretty uh, aggressive way. Um, We've also seen, I think, video as a primary way of communication. I think the yeah. new normal will be a new normal with video. Higher yeah. um, engagement level on the, in, uh, online platforms for sure. That's exactly, right. yes. And then also part of this um, flexibilization around work, which you kind of like touched on it already as well. Um, We've seen companies like Twitter, like Square, especially in the technology space, the space that I'm in, um, going remote forever, like work from home forever. Um, I don't think that is going to be a trend everywhere, um, but I think that companies are going to start to rethink that attachment to the office and to that physical location, right? Um, knowing that employees 
majority stayed productive during this pandemic and kind of stayed working even if they were not in a, in a physical setting of the office. So I think we're going to see lots more of flexible work arrangements and and things like that. Okay, well that's really insightful for a young lady. So smart. I mean, uh, I gotta you. tell you, they're lucky to have you. It sounds like you have a very bright career ahead of you. Uh, you, you think very strategically, so I wanted to compliment you on that. Thank very, you so much, Ron. You've done a really good job today, and I think the listeners are going to get a lot from what you are, uh, you're giving them in terms. Now, if you're a young person like yourself, and young people are struggling, and a lot of people in the hospitality industry your age are struggling, uh, what kind of advice would you give them right now? What would you tell them? I would, from, from, well, the, from the hill of Anna, you know, okay, everybody, yeah. I'm going to help you here, so. I think um, thinking strategically, it's almost like that respond, rebuild, recover. You could use that frame on yourself too, right? So like in your situation where you are now today, um, think about both long-term and short-term. Um, in the long-term, say in a three-year span or a five-year span, where do you want to be? Uh, think about your career and where you're inserted and then kind of go back to the short term and think, what is something that I can do today that will get me closer to that place where I want to be in three years from now or in five years from now? And that and that might not be um, like, I don't know, starting a degree or kind of uh, making a big step, but it might be something as small as reaching out to a mentor, right? Like someone that is already in the industry that you want to be and getting some advice and kind of getting some some practical advice on how to get there. And that and that really works for any industry and in any pretty much any career. Um, be respectful and empathetic and always understand that there's always room to learn. Even like some people we, we might get out of university thinking that they know everything and we actually when we get out of university we don't know anything. Don't, don't. So be ready. Don't all squat. Just kidding. Exactly. <laughs> You're a little be ready to, and idealistic, I think. Yes. <laughs> be ready to learn and be a good listener. Um, I think those are all um, good things to do. Well, thank you very much. Listen, it's been a really pleasure to talk to you today. I think you've added a lot for our listeners. I may call on you again sometime to chat with you again. Absolutely. Evolve this whole uh, process again. You can find What's Your Story podcast on Spotify, as well as Public Radio US, and also on um, podcast, uh, Google Podcasts. In addition, you can find this on uh, Branded's YouTube channel, and my personal YouTube channel, because we also broadcast uh, a live version of this, not a live, but a paid version of this. And uh, I look forward to, to uh, more discussions on this whole topic. And once again, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, this is Ron Coughlin. And this is What's Your Story for a Podcast. And bye for now.